very good day to you and your beautiful families. This is D-Nice. Thanks for listening to WagerAger. It's the first time that I did an intro like that in a little while. And the reason for that is recorded, and I'll get you to the latest podcast here with our friend Schmidt. And I think it's our first NHL-only podcast, but I loved it. I mean, it's, it's a good 40 minutes or so talking about the NHL for you stat nerds. We talk a little bit about that and some sites to check out with hockey in the first, I'd say, 10 minutes of the podcast. For those that don't want to hear about that, I'd say jump to about 8, 10 minutes in and you'll hear what our picks are for the rest of the playoffs. It's really Schmidt talking about what his picks are for the rest of the playoffs and me adding some commentary. Hockey bubble has been great, still going strong. And the reason why you're not hearing that fabulous professional intro of music fade in, fade out is because we recorded this, I edited this late, and it's the morning here. And Rager Dutch, you know, he he can't, you know, shout out to Rager Dutch, he can't edit everything. So instead of me sitting down trying to do it, I'm just doing an old school intro here. I'm going to thank everybody, all the new followers on our Twitter account, at Wager underscore Rager. Follow us there if you haven't. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Wager underscore Rager, Twitter and Instagram. But not everything can be edited professionally. So Rager Dutch, big shout out to him. He's doing a lot of our editing. I did this one myself, and shout out also to Schmidt. There didn't really need to be much editing on this one. So he's a professional. He, he was born for this shit. So without further ado, here's our first NHL podcast. NHL playoffs going strong. We'll talk about Tampa, who now is up 2-1 after that ass kicking last night and what we think is going to happen with our hometown Flyers playing on a back-to-back today. So we appreciate it. We'll talk to you all soon. Without further ado, here's Schmidt and myself with NHL. All right, thanks for listening to Wager Rager. This is D-Nice, back here with dear friend of mine, Mr. Schmidt. What's going on, man? What's going on, D-Nice? It's, it's been a while. Um, last time we chatted, it seemed like the world was about to end. And this time we're chatting. The world's not ending, but the NBA bubble might be ending. <laughs> Don't want to get into any political talk, but, you know, it seems like that when, when we catch up on these podcasts, that, the, that shit's just hitting the fan, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the Sixers weren't going to uh, get any further than Boston, even if they did win that series. Let's definitely save the Sixers for the end. We're here to talk about hockey. I definitely want to touch on the Sixers and just do like a little Philly theme in the end because the Sixers yeah, need some some time to be talked about, about their sweep and where they go from here. I mean, it, it's a perfect time to go through it. Yeah, I'd rather wait to talk about them because I hate them. <laughs> I can't I can't even think about them, but I think five minutes will be enough. There were some headlines today that I'm not going to talk anymore on it, but we'll talk about it in the end. But let's talk hockey. I mean, the hockey bubble has been awesome. It's been going for, what, about a month now. We've had some success with it. You found some angles. Just talk about, for starters, high-level hockey, and then we can get into Flyers, our hometown team, who just won game two, thank God, in OT after blowing a lead. But just your high-level thoughts of this NHL bubble. I mean, I guess right now the biggest surprise would be that Colorado's down to Dallas, even though Dallas looked like they finally found their offense in the in the first round there. That had been so hard for them to score, and it's, which was weird because they have a ton of like high level talent on their forwards. But yeah, I mean, if they started to uh, score at will, it seems so. That's that's probably the only series that's really surprising right now. Like Flyers Islanders one one, um, Bruins and. Lightning are one one. Vegas and Vancouver's one one, but I I still think Vegas steamrolls through them. Yeah, you would have to think that Vegas 
gets through that. I was looking at the box score this morning. I fell asleep watching the game last night because I feel like an old man and I can make it late some nights. But if I go late one night, the next night, I'm just like, oh, I'm on couch by 1045. But were there 40 shots on goal for Vegas and Vancouver blocked another 40? Yeah, and Vancouver just – they're they're pretty outmatched talent-wise. That's probably like the, the series with the biggest gap in talent. So I guess it's good that it's going to at least go five games because we can keep betting on them. But one of the things I've – at least I picked up on in the first round was that at least on FanDuel, they had these shot block bets just way, way, way too low. You were getting like even money for like one and a half – over one and a half blocks for like – top four defensemen, defensemen who are starting a lot of their shifts in the defensive zone, killing penalties. <laughs> especially when you have the threat of overtime perpetually looming in, you know, NHL playoff games, and these overs can get, like, to- like in the, the five overtime game, if you had an over on anything, you won. Like, if you had, pick your, your whatever defenseman you want, pick what any forward you want for the shots, and you would have hit the over in that game. But obviously that's not, uh, not every game is going to five overtimes. But, no, just... It seemed like in the first round, these these bets were way, way too low, and it took them a little while to adjust, but they have started to adjust. Yeah, the books have adjusted a little bit. We're posting some of those plays on Wager Rager, the Twitter account for anybody that doesn't follow it, at Wager underscore Rager. We just posted one this afternoon. Did that hit? I didn't even look at the box. Score. No, he came up. Sh- it, oh, it, well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. I, I come on the podcast right as the books start to adjust. Should have told me not to bring that up, but – we were hitting those pretty regularly in the beginning. The books adjust, and what's funny is that we've only seen this at FanDuel so far, right? I haven't seen any other book with it. It's weird. The, the bet in hockey over the years, you have to find certain books offer certain bets. Like one of the things that we used to love, especially back when the, the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, was betting their under for shots because yes, every the book, game. <laughs> the, the books just refused to adjust. They would set it at like 32, 33 shots a game. And that's just not the type of team the Penguins were. They were a team that lived with like the high danger scoring chances that, you know, they didn't need to have like three and four shots when you've got Crosby and Malkin in their prime. Especially for a team that played from, you know, they were ahead like pretty much in every game and every series, especially in 2016. Right. So they're not playing from behind and needing to fire 80 shots on net like the Vegas Golden Knights last night. But that is a good point. I mean, is that an angle? And this might be something you've looked at just high level teams that are usually in the lead. Take Vegas, for instance. I would say Colorado, but they're down 0-2 now, maybe them in the first series. A team that usually holds the lead, is that something that we should, you know, at least glance at their shot total and say, hey, take a look at their recent games and say, well, if they haven't gotten to 34 and we expect them to be holding the lead again, should we take a look at the under? It worked out for us four years ago, three years ago, maybe even two. I'm trying to think way back now. But um, is that something we should take a look at or some other angles that you've been kind of working on here in this bubble? In the second round, it's tough because the teams are more evenly matched. Like in the in the first round, you got some teams that were just way outmatched, like Colorado versus Phoenix. Just, Phoenix just is, is they're just joke. hanging on for dear life. It's, it's like yeah, <laughs> they spend the entire game just hanging on for dear life, and they squeak a few goals through, and they get a lead, and they just you know park everybody in front of the net. And exactly, they're winding up. Defensemen are having like four and five shot blocks. So that would be something you look for, but like a team that like dominates as far as like, you know, uh, expected goals for uh, Corsi for like, okay. you want to look at these advanced stats and see like, all right, who has the puck the most, who is getting like the most chances at the net and who, you know, is going to be just perpetually chasing the play. That's a team you want to bet on. That's going to have to block a lot of shots to stay in games. For sure. For sure. Not to get too technical, but I know that there's some people out there who just want to blindly bet hockey. Some people want to watch it. Some people like our Fred, I'm not, I just said his name. (laughs) (laughs) 
our like friend. our friend. <laughs> so like our friend Franz, I wasn't going to say his name. I may or may not edit that out, but we just call him Franz because he's like blindly bets Vegas when they go down. So he blindly bet them last night and lost, but he just blindly bets things. But for people <laughs> not like Franz who actually care about statistics, some of the metrics, what are things that you look at? You you were talking about Corsi 4, maybe some good sites that you use because you're my hockey guy. I, I try to wrap my head around a lot of other sports, me in the NFL, MLB. Hockey, I let you do all the damage. So talk about a little bit about that and how you found, you know, some sites even or some... I mean, the two sites that I've been primarily using are not, and a lot of times these sites will disappear because NHL teams will actually go and like snatch up the guys who make these sites. There was one, um, oh God, I forget the name of it. This was probably like the best one that, that I've seen. I forget the name of it, but the, the guy, it was open for like six months before some team came in and was like, um, we're hiring you for our analytics department. That's and awesome. The site yeah. goes away. But the two best ones I use right now, Natural Stat Trick. Dot yes, com, which yes, is awesome. Yes, they I mean, they have yeah. um, a lot of good visuals and they have, you know, it's basically set up like a, almost like a Google sheet where you can just go in and, and look through all the uh, stats that you want to check out. Like possession wise, you look for like Corsi four, Fenwick four, um, expected goals four tells you like what teams are making the most out of like the good scoring chances they get. So what way to like separate, you know, the teams with high level shooting talent from the okay. team that are just okay. you know, peppering the net constantly. So, yeah, you combine those stats and they've got these, the sites are pretty awesome. The other, Hockey Viz is another one. He's got a lot of good charts and visual things that help if you just don't want to like stare blindly at a bunch of numbers. At a bunch of numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's I highly recommend HockeyViz.com. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I think of all the sports that I've seen so far, and like you said, some people don't want to just stare at numbers. Like I do that a lot of my days at work, I'm doing that. And then sometimes as I'm dealing with, you know, trying to handicap sports, but I like looking at charts. And the good part about 2020 is that there's programs out there. One of my off season COVID tasks was to learn R and like how to create some charts and that mm-hmm. never happened. That, that just never <laughs> happened. Like it's still on my to-do list and maybe it happens in 2020, but with football season approaching, probably not going to happen. But I think, and to my point, hockey and football, I think, have some of the best charts out there. And follow some of these people. I would like to say that I was creating them, but I'm not. But they create some awesome charts. And you've sent me some charts that are just really good visuals that tell the story of some of these teams, teams that are overperforming, teams that are underperforming. And uh, you can learn a lot from it. Yeah, even the NHL app has a good chart of like game flow where they show you like the shots per like 60 minutes. And it's it's a pretty good visual to show like which team is dominating the play, which team it's like, oh, they're getting unlucky that they're not scoring because they just keep peppering the net. You know, which teams are like holding on. It's like so. Holding like, on for, to dear life. Yep, I yeah. know. Uh, like, a lot in the uh, <laughs> Especially in the first round, uh, a team that would go up early and then just hold on for dear life. Um, not want to name any names, but they do wear an orange and black, uh, orange and black. jersey. Not going to name names. I'm just happy that I got through to the second round for the first time in almost a decade. And uh, But I'm not even sure that they were the better team in that first round. But that'll actually good segue into we talk about advanced stats. If anybody didn't uh, want to hear that, hopefully they, they can fast forward and stick around for this part. But this using those stats and using your knowledge of the game, you've always been my hockey guy. I'm just going to go through some of these futures and some of these series prices too. Now we're recording this. So what is it? Wednesday, the 26th in the evening, there's going to be some results tonight. So what Tampa and Boston are playing game three. They're tied at one. 
Colorado and Dallas are playing game three as well, right? And that's 2-0. And Dallas is up 2-0. God, I hope Colorado wins just so I can see that series go deep because I feel like that's going to be an awesome six or seven game series and a series that I expected Colorado to win. But just to list out some of these metrics, and this will change. Vegas right now, and this is at FanDuel, our favorite sports book, but a lot of people in the East Coast love FanDuel too because it's legal now to bet in Pennsylvania and Jersey, right? So mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights plus 240, Dallas Stars plus 410, Boston at Boston and Tampa at 550 each. Now that's going to be different depending on tonight's result. We'll get into what you like. Flyers and Islanders almost tied, so that's going to tell you about the future series price that will get posted either tonight or tomorrow. Plus 750, plus 800. Colorado, the team that I thought had a great shot, now 12-1 to because they're down 0-2, and the Canucks 17-1, to even though that they're tied at 1. They're 17-1 to at FanDuel. So what say you to some of these? And, of course, this will change, and we can get into what you think will happen with Tampa and Boston. I think that's the best second-round series. But your thoughts on that? At this point, I think you got to consider Vegas is still the favorite. They're the betting favorite, and you know I think they're the, the best team. At least they're the team that looks the best, even in that game last night or the other night where they uh, lost 5-2 to two to Vancouver. That was not a game where it was a 5-2 to two score where Vancouver just ran it up. They jumped out early, then they held on, and then they you know, put some goals up on the board late. But Vegas is a team that they they rolled through Chicago and they rolled through they rolled through uh, Vancouver in the first game and in the second game they dominated the play for pretty much the entire game. So that's a series where even if Vancouver went up like two to one, I would be pounding Vegas in that series. Then. That's what I'm going to do. I'm probably let me look at what the price is right now. Oh, it's still minus three seventy four, and this is at Bookmaker. I think I saw minus three fifty at Fanduel. That's still a little bit too much. I mean, it's a one-to-one series, like you said. Or, no, it's minus 310 at FanDuel. I'll consider. I'd like to parlay it with something else, but I don't know what I'd parlay it with. The Islanders, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to your point, if Vegas goes down 2-1, I'm going to hit that series price. Their price still going to be favored. Yeah, I just see that series. If it, if it does go long, I feel like it'll be a lot like that. Remember that Flyers-Rangers series? We actually went to that game six. Oh, yeah. That- Flyers Rangers series a couple years ago where it went seven games, but you never at once in any point in any game felt like the Flyers were the better team. No, I left the arena very happy in game six, fully knowing that they were going to lose. And it was the very next night, right? Like they did something. Yeah, it was back. That was another back-to-back game six, game seven. Like who does that for game six and game seven? Just, <laughs> just... Well, they're doing it again in this series too. <laughs> but it's in a bubble there. I mean, I guess they didn't have to go far. It was Philly and New York, but like just give a day to let it breathe guys. But yeah, I, I fully knew that they were going to lose game seven, but that's how I would feel about this. And I'm actually rooting for Vancouver to go up 2-1 so I can pick off Vegas. I do have Vegas. I got to check my account. I think it's 12-1 to or 13-1 to to win the cup. I'm happy about that. I bet that before the bubble started. I got that and I have the Flyers, which I'm happy about the price. It's 25-1. to I don't think they're going to win the cup. I don't even know if we're going to get past this round. We'll get into that. But those two prices I like, and I might look into adding something else. But right now, it's a little bit too expensive for me. Vegas tied in the series plus 240 at FanDuel to win the cup. Yeah, I think the only way Vegas doesn't get out of this round is if their goaltending just goes completely to shit. Just goes to shit. Yeah. And and, and even then Vancouver's guy is going to have to stop, you know, 40 42 out of 44 shots in most of the rest of these games cuz the second that Vegas starts trailing, they just come at you in waves. Like Vegas honestly, I want to talk about them because are they yeah. like they had a, an awesome expansion draft. Like they plucked guys from teams who like turned out to be 
really good players like Marchessault, Carlson, Riley Smith, Shea Theodore. And then Flurry, and then almost won the yeah, cup. Flurry, he almost won the cup with them. And it's like they, they got to the cup. They lost in five to the Capitals. And they didn't just sit there and be like, oh, that was fun. We were like a Cinderella team, you know. But now the hard part comes when we have to, you know, build a team from the ground up and draft well. They were like, nah, fuck it. We're going to add Max Pacioretty and Paul Stastny and Mark Stone. And now they're the best team in the league again. Vegas, if, if, if you know, the Flyers are out, I think I want to root for Vegas just because, I mean, first of all, it's a professional sports team in Las Vegas. They probably have the most fun, natural games that you could go to. Just wait till the Raiders get going with fans. Oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be into like 2022, but that's going to be yeah, a it is. shit show. That's, that's I know. Vegas is, outside of the Flyers, I, I love the Vegas Golden Knights. They, they, they just attacked in the offseason and just built a juggernaut. And if they don't win the cup this year, they're still going to be back again next year. Really fun team to bet on, too. I'm hoping that we see Vegas and Colorado. I like watching Colorado yeah, also. And because I like betting on is, Colorado. I'll probably yeah. bet on Colorado tonight. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. And because uh, it's the, the Canucks versus Knights is the biggest mismatch, that's the, that's the one series where I think you can still win with, like, you know, uh, Vegas players with their shot overs and Canucks defensemen with their shot uh, block overs. Like, Edler and Tanev on the Vancouver blue line. I think you could probably bet their overs, even if it gets up to like two and a half and feel pretty comfortable that those are going to win like two out of three nights. Yeah, definitely. I have to commend FanDuel. I mean, we're actually recording in a little bit of a lull between games. I, th- I feel like it's the first time in a while that there hasn't been like a game going on, I guess, because we're getting a little bit deeper into the playoffs. So they have all the odds listed, which a lot of times, do you remember back like, you know, five, six years ago, we'd have to wait till the next morning and be like 11 a.m. for series prices and futures. Now oh, it's just terrible. instant, man. Now it's just instant. And like you had to guess what the what the line would be and try to do some math as to what was value. And then we just blindly bet it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and and now like if this if the app goes down for like a couple of hours we're just we just go ballistic oh my god you remember last monday up the- i mean i know you remember last monday when the nba playoffs started and and the thing just went down and we were just losing our mind i mean sending them dms tweeting at them cursing we, we missed a couple of shot block bets so it was, it was justified fucking fanduel <laughs> they must have gotten so much shit because oh my god so much but then how happy were we when it went back on we're like oh thank god you almost think they might have done it on purpose because they knew that like all right let's oh. just limit the amount of games that people can bet on today because once we get the app back up and running they're still gonna bet the same amount they would they're just gonna load up on the late games now right right yeah <laughs> fandle's got everything up right now although they don't have eastern conference prices western conference is up right now vegas is the favorite it's a little bit over or even money even plus 115 and then you can get vancouver plus 750 colorado if they win tonight maybe plus 490s value but uh okay okay should we uh should we talk a little bit about tampa and boston and then move to philly and new york because we know that we're going to be very stressed the next week watching the rest of that series but let's touch on tampa and boston first i mean we're I mean, gonna this get is, this out this after this yeah. yeah so we'll get this out after who wins tonight, and I'm not even going to have you predict who wins tonight. I'm just going to let you talk about the series and what you think happens. It's a great matchup. I mean, I think this is kind of the Eastern Conference final, don't you? I think so, too. I would love for this to be the Eastern Conference final. I mean, can we see – I mean, we know that if it's Boston and Philly, we know what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Probably another Boston team will probably sweep another Philadelphia team. Right. 
Tampa and Philly, I think I know what happens. And people will be like, well, in the round robin they beat them. I was like, well, did these teams care as much as the Flyers in the round robin? And were they just kind of like working themselves into form? And I think the answer is yes. I think I know what happens there. The Islanders, do I see them beating either of these two teams? No. So Eastern Conference final right here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is the this is probably the best evenly matched series that they have left to like, both of these teams, just when you watch them play and then you watch the Flyers and Islanders play, it just, just seems like another level. I don't want to say it's like watching like, you know, division one versus division two in college, but it's like, there's a gap and it's, it's, it's tier it's one and tier two of the NHL. Like even watching Vegas and Vancouver, I'd put those in a different tier than the Flyers and the Islanders. And it's not to take away from what the Flyers, you know, do when they need to come out and win and they put together these awesome periods, but then they just have to hold on for dear life. But Tampa and Boston, I mean, it's basically a split. Like you can go to a number of books right now. It's basically minus one Oh five and minus one Oh five. Tampa is a slight favorite at bookmaker. They have larger limits, so they're usually a sharper book. But honestly, I don't know what's going to happen in this series. I want Tampa to win because fuck Boston, right? And I don't want Boston to be playing Philly again. Tampa, I think, is a bit more of a fun team to root for. Plus, I hate some of these Boston players. So, <laughs> Yeah, Boston's a very, very easy team to hate. Um, I, mean, I, bet, I, I bet Lightning before the series began as like a slight favorite. Um, I think – that if you go through the lineup like piece by piece, they're a better team. Like, they have both these teams have like really really high top end talent. But I think Lightning, man, they're they're just they just come at you in waves when they're really going. And before going, I mean Ryan McDonough didn't play the other night. They they still wound up winning even though they had Braden Coburn and Luke Shen in the lineup in an about that? overtime game taking shifts in overtime. How about that? Still in the league. I forgot that they had them. I didn't know that they were in the league still. Be honest I honestly thought that Luke Shen was working at a Tim Hortons, so good for him. <laughs> good for him. He's not working good at Tim Hortons. Good for him. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Play it in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's a hit for them because one of the things that the Lightning really had coming in here was like a really, really deep blue line. But I mean, you still have Hedman who's going to play 30 minutes a night if he has to. I think Lightning are a little bit especially when you look at the goalies because um, Rask left, so now you have Halak in there for the Bruins, and Vasilevsky is just perennial. Uh, um, what's the goalie award? Oh, the Vezina? Vezina trophy, there it is, yeah. So, and so, I, you know, even if you think the lineups are even, you got to give the Lightning the edge and goal. So that's the way I look at it. But I also think that whichever team wins this series is probably going to the cup final. So if you want to bet an Eastern, instead of betting the Bruins or the Lightning minus, you know, 270 in the Eastern Conference final when they play the Islanders or the Flyers, if you think that the Lightning are going to win this series, then they're probably going to the final. So why not bet the future too? Yeah, that's some pretty good advice. Bet that future right now. I might even consider putting something on them to win the cup as well, even though I think that Vegas is going to win the cup. I already have a bet on Vegas, so maybe I just go and and pick uh, Tampa at plus 550 to give myself another out to win the cup. Maybe I should bet on Boston because I know that they're going to fuck me and that Boston is going to win the most championship. Un- the most unappealing outcome would be the Bruins winning, so of course that's what's 100%. Hundred percent. Bruins go up there, look flat in the first week, and then march their way to a Stanley Cup. What do you think is going to happen with that series? Like, if you had to guess, who comes out of the East? I mean, right. I I, I picked Lightning in that series, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them. I might. 
depends on how the game goes tonight, I guess. But yeah, I think I think Lightning are going to win the series. I wish I had a futures bet on them because I think whoever comes out of the Flyers Islanders series is going to have to hold on for dear life, like they have been. In the, like the Flyers have been all playoffs, but it's not going to work for seven games. No, you're not not against these teams. Against Montreal, a team that like couldn't finish if they got invited to the Playboy Mansion. Yes, you can get away with that. <laughs> yeah, Flyers, yeah. Lightning, Flyers, Bruins. I can see Flyers. You know, pulling out a couple games, holding on for dear life, losing in six. I think that's what I'll do. Is I'll take a look at what happens tonight. We'll probably wrap this podcast up and then watch this game. I mean, it's an awesome series for, uh, you know, the second round. So, okay. Should we get into our flyers? The flyers yeah, who are flyers. clinging on. They clung on today. <laughs> they they went up 3-0. I think you watched a little bit more of the game than I did. They I blew did. it. They Very blew it. employee at work. But, um, but yeah, they, they certainly did. No one's uh, dedicated blow. in 2020, dude. Yeah, they, they certainly blew it. Um, they went up three nothing early. It looked like they were coming out with one of the best, you know, first periods that they had. First couple of minutes, it always just seems like they give up like two or three scoring chances, and Carter Hart's just like, okay, I guess I'm bailing them out again early. Again, here we go. I'm 22 years old, and I'm your best fucking player. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, but they did finally uh, um, put together some decent offensive pressure, and they got three goals. They were all even strength goals too, which is good to that? see. And yeah, I mean, the, the second period, it seemed like it was kind of back. The Islanders got one back, but that was on the power play. It just seemed like the Flyers kind of had like a decent flow to their game. Um, third period, even then, they, 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 I don't think they sat back as much as like we're used to because when they got burned on okay. the goal, it was because okay. they had an odd man rush and they were trying to make it a 4-1 game, which at that point would have ended it. They got burned on the rush. Islanders come back down, and it's 3-2. At that point, I think everybody in the building knew the Islanders were eventually going to tie that fucking game. Once I looked down and I saw it was 3-2, I know that it was going to go to (laughs) 3-3. And I wasn't even watching the game. I just, in my head, I know how things work. Or maybe I'm just a Philly fan, and I prepare for the worst, but I knew it was going to happen. And then sure enough, wrapped up the workday, came downstairs. It was 3-3. Islanders were on the power play. I was like, they're going to lose this game inside of a minute to go down 0-2 after having this <laughs> fucking 3 nothing lead. But they killed, the, they killed the penalty, they got to OT, and they won in the first three minutes of OT. Yeah, and I mean, you know, third period, they, I thought they played like a decent third period. My, uh, Islanders still did have a majority of the possession in the third period, but you saw the Flyers kind of felt the pressure when overtime started. They, the game was only what, three minutes into overtime. Flyers had six attempts at the net. Islanders only had one. Flyers had three shots, and one of them went in. And before the game ended, Couturier had a wide-open net and put it over, and you just thought, like, oh, my God, they are so screwed against this damn team. <laughs> yep, yep. But they forced it. I'm taking a look at some stats from today. The Islanders won the face-off battle. You can educate me on this. I know that the Flyers were awesome in face-offs. Has this been pretty even so far in the series, or did the Islanders – look good with face-offs. I mean, the Flyers have always been a pretty good face-off team. I'm just not sure how much that matters because they won a ton of the face-offs against Montreal, but Montreal still had like 55% of the shots on that. So. Solid point. Solid point. Who do you think wins this series? I still think the Islanders win it just because I think that Trotz is a pretty good coach. Um, he, he reminds me of the type of coach that just – and Vigneault is kind of in the same boat too. They they get a lead and they just try to slog the game down as much yeah. as possible. They they like to play like a not a, not such a much a boring style of hockey, but they're just like we we park the bus when we have a lead. You know, we take chances in transition if we you know have the chance. But 
you know, these teams just play like a uh, simple kind of almost soccer boring kind of hockey. It does seem like that, except for the games where the Flyers come out like a bat out of hell. Like if the Flyers lose a game, the next game they'll come out like a bat out of hell. We should just bet them first period and then fade them the rest of the game. That might actually be the plan for the rest of the series. So yeah, now that I talk it out. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a trend that's developed. They've played, what, nine playoff – no, eight playoff games now, and that just seems like, yeah, they, they jump out early when they get a lead, and then they just kind of sit on it. Was today the most goals they've scored in a game? Four? Or did uh, they since the round four? robin round, yeah. They have yeah. they didn't score four in any of the games against Montreal, and they obviously got shut out in the first game in this series. All right, well, how about this? The series picks up again Thursday night. Maybe we'll watch that together. We can find some time. I haven't seen your yeah. pretty face in about six months. <laughs> but DraftKings has a series price up. It's Flyers minus 112, Islanders minus 106. So juiced both ways. Oof. Flyers, you could yeah. call it a slight favorite. So Vegas is basically like saying, fl- I don't like- know, but they're going to lose next round, whoever wins. Yeah, if you like the Flyers going in, I guess you really like them at this price. But um, I I think one of the smart things that Trotz did, and this this kind of was – he wins either way. When he pulled Varlamov after the third goal, I mean, the the one Hayes goal was a pretty soft one. I don't know how he stopped in that third Couturier goal. But after it was 3-0, he pulls the goalie. He puts in the backup. The backup plays really well. The Islanders almost come back and win the game. You know, Carter Hart has to play three full stressful periods plus a little bit of overtime. Yep. And now they come right back tomorrow. The Islanders starting goalie only played, what, 10 minutes of That's the game? That's a good point. Yeah, they pulled Varlamov, I believe it was late third period maybe, so you might have gotten No, it was 16, uh, late 17. first period, yeah. Yeah, so I meant first period if I didn't say first period. Yeah, and he played, what, 15, 17 minutes? So he's rested. He'll come back tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, so they'll throw him in that tomorrow. It'll be like, you know, he kind of talking got, myself into Islanders game three. Yeah, we might be. But um, when Hart played the back-to-back in the Montreal series, that's when he let in the soft short side goal. And there were a couple of, couple of ones where you'd like to see him make the stop. I'm not saying that, like, you should stop any shot that you can see. But that was the game I thought he played the weakest on the back-to-back night. And that was a chance when the Flyers had to, to – close out the series and they had a lead and they coughed it right back up and wound up losing the game. But yeah, back to back, it wasn't a great showing for Carter Hart the last time. And I'm pretty sure he's going to start again in the back to back tomorrow. So yeah, we'll see what happens. You can't see him pulling him at this point. He's playing. You're not putting Brian Elliott in, in a one, one series. No, <laughs> that's a hundred percent. Not what they're going to do. If they go down three, nothing early, you might see Elliott. I yeah. might be talking to myself, and you might be talking to me into an Islanders uh, little bet tomorrow night and bet against my home team, minus 104, just as an emotional hedge for game three. I don't know. I don't know. If minus you're a Flyers fan, the one thing that you can kind of take heart in is that the big guns do seem to be getting it going a little bit. Hayes had two goals today. He looked um, awesome from what Drew, I saw. Drew set up the Couturier goal. It looked like they were more dangerous than they had been. Right. Well, let's see what happens. I'm going to think about betting the Islanders as an emotional hedge either in the series and or in game three. Who do you think wins the cup? You think Vegas takes it down? Yeah, I, I would still put down Vegas at this point. I still think it's going to be Vegas versus um, Tampa in the finals. Uh, that would be an awesome could, final. It would be a good final. Could obviously be the Bruins still. Um, I, I do think that of any of the teams out there that have a chance for long shot odds, it's right now Colorado. They have the talent to come. Yeah, back that was my next question for like sleeper price or value price right now. Yeah, 
I mean, if you think that Colorado's got a 30% chance to come back and win this series, they're probably a good futures bet because that team against Vegas, I think, I think that would be the first team that gives Vegas all that they can handle. I agree. They're high-powered. Let's see what happens tonight. If they go down 0-3, they're not going to – Then they're done, yeah. Who knows, though? Who knows? That's it. A 3-0 comeback in the bubble would be awesome. I don't see it happening. But if it's 2-1, their Stanley Cup price, of course, will be lower than that 12-1 right now. But they're still probably going to be – they might be in that Islanders-Flyers range, 7.5, 8-1. Yeah, Somewhere in there, there's there's still value there, I think. I think if Colorado wins this game tonight, I'm not going to say that they'll win the series because I want to see how Dallas looks tonight, trying to protect that 2-0 lead, but there's value there, I think, yeah. And okay. even though even though Colorado jumped out early in the in and and allowed Dallas to come back, like Colorado has been getting the majority of the shots and the chances, and I do think their high-level skill guys are better than Dallas's high-level skill guys, so... If there's a team that can come back from down 2-0, I think that's one of the series where it might be able to happen, especially if if Stars goaltending. When you came into the playoffs, they probably thought they were going to have Ben Bishop, and they had to go to um, Kadubin, the backup. Kadubin! Shout out to Street Fighter. But, um, But, yeah, I think if there's any team that can come back from being down like that, it's probably Colorado against Dallas. Unless, of course, if if Vegas goes down 3-1 to Vancouver, I probably would still bet Vegas in that series. (laughs) I know, right? Like 3-1, it's like the Golden State Warriors in in playoffs or Vegas or the Penguins back when they used to go down 3-1. It's like, dude, I still think they're going to win this series. And Street Fighter was an awesome game. It probably would not be a game that's allowed in 2020 to be created, but I feel like that Street Fighter was an awesome game in the 90s. They might have some um, – they would probably get canceled on Twitter quite quickly. 2020 sucks, man. <laughs> 2020 sucks. Okay, Vegas we think takes it down. We think Boston or Tampa, if anybody's looking at you know a value play, maybe take a look at who loses tonight in that Tampa-Boston series. If it goes to OT, say that Tampa plays well, goes to OT, loses, you might be able to get a good line on Tampa. They come back and win that series. I'm just trying to think of, you know, they're down 2-1. It doesn't mean that you've lost the series. It's not like you're down 3-2. You still have another game to burn, and Tampa's got the horses to do it. So I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about yeah, I think that. that's the one that's going seven. I think that goes seven. I might look at, and I don't know if this is posted here. It might be after the game. Bet on like an over-under number of games, but that shit might have sailed already because it's at one. But that might be something to do. I remember a few years back, I had some success. I had a book where you could parlay over-under series games, and I was going oh, wow, over, over five and a half games for like two very evenly matched series, and I did that like time and time again. It was awesome. Don't think you can do that, but I haven't really dabbled with it right now. DraftKings might allow you to. I doubt FanDuel does, but there's so many books now. There's so much competition. Someone out there probably lets you like Fox bet or something, you know? There's so many there's, damn books. There's so many promos, too, of just like how to control bets. FanDuel have been offering a ton of them after they had their website crap out for the first day of the NBA <laughs> Competition is a good thing. Speaking of crap out, should we do a couple minutes on the Sixers real quick? Well, if we must. Just, um, I don't know, man. Like, what the fuck happens from here? Like, Brett Brown, we knew if they lost first round, even second round, he'd probably get fired. The only thing that I could see happening, like, for him keeping his job is they make it to the NBA Finals, and then they'd start next season and probably fire him in January anyways. So he's gone. He's gone. They get swept, which 
I expected them to look, you know, not so hot, but I was hoping that they'd win a game and Bede would take over a game and win a game. That didn't happen. So they've left the bubble and they can't even boycott games in the bubble because they're no longer in the bubble. <laughs> yeah. So they're no longer there. I don't know what they do from here. Ben Simmons, he's injured. He's coming back next year unless they seek out a trade. And Bede, maybe he's maturing. I don't know. It's depressing to think about. I'm sorry that I brought it up. Well, you know, you know Al Horford and Tobias Harris will be back next year because nobody's God, taking those contracts. Those contracts. You know how much Tobias is making in his last year of his contract? I think it's like $42 million. And I should probably look this up as we're talking right now. Yeah, and how old would Tobias be at the end of this deal? Too old. I mean, he's probably not even that old. He's probably what? Oh, he's 28 right now. Oh, he's yeah, I thought he was 26. <clears throat> 28. He signed, was it a five-year deal? I'm pulling it up on a spot track. The last year's contract, $39 million. And then there's an option in <laughs> when he's 32 years of age, which that's still technically younger than Al Horford right now, but we don't want him at that price. Yeah, but he's making $34 million next year. I mean, this is he made 32.75 this year. Five years, $180 million contract. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I just don't think firing the coach is going to be enough. If they think that that's all they need to do and they're just going to come back next year and race out to another, you know, 55 wins and actually maybe get one of the top two seeds, I just I don't see it. Yeah, Horford, four years, $109 million. You can't unload these contracts. You can't. And you have Embiid signed also. I just don't know exactly where you go from here. I mean, I guess they could draft someone that, you know, can actually shoot a three-pointer. I feel like the process – I no longer trust the process. The process is yeah, over I, now that Britt Brown's gone. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the process had been over for a while, though. If, once they went all in for Jimmy Butler, I feel like that was it. They're, they're pushing all the True. chips into the table. And they didn't – I mean, that team was good last year. That was a really good team. It was a really good team. Raptors. They pushed the Raptors seven. I went to game six. Speaking of another game six, that was awesome to be at, but I didn't expect the team to win in game seven. I was there. They looked good. They looked awesome. And they they did more in game seven than I expected. But when they had that lead in the second half in game seven, I think it was, what, a nine, seven-point lead? Don't quote me on it, but it was somewhere in that range. I expected a win at that point. And they had that same old within five minutes, the last five minutes of the game, that bullshit offense, not running anything. That was a really good team. And I think that we both feared that this year, as they were trying to regroup, that, you know, maybe they get a two or three seed. They didn't, by the way. They got the six. But the same result would happen and that they would lose second round to, like, the Celtics or something like that. Well, it was first round. They had the six seed and they got swept. I mean, that's about as poor as it could have gone. Plus, Simmons got hurt. It sucks because it almost feels like they have to do like another little mini rebuild to like get themselves back up to where they were. It does. I, it's how are you gonna How are you gonna add the amount of shooting that you need with the? You're gonna have to get creative. And can Elton Brand get that creative? Like, can they? Can <laughs> they actually have a guy come in there? Is Elton Brand actually gonna lead the thing? Or are they still gonna have these little Colangelo minions dangling around everywhere? Like, I know, right? Right. It's a mess. There's, that's, whenever there's a collaboration in a front office or anything like that, it's always a fucking mess, like almost 100% of the time. Do you think he keeps his job? It seems like so far he's keeping it one more year, I guess. But why even have him? Like, I feel like you just need to clean everything out at once, get rid of Elton. Yeah, he only had a couple years, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, I feel <laughs> it didn't like go he, well. 
I feel like you need to bring in a guy who's going to want to run his own show because nobody good is going to want to come in here and have this thing where there's like four different people who get like final say on every decision. Like who had final decision on signing Al Horford? Was it Brand? Was it Brett Brown? Was it Josh so, Harris? Someone's teenage like, child? Who, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> who's the one who says like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Like, I don't think there's one guy who just says, yeah, this is what we're doing. They just kind of just all meet together and come up with some kind of conglomeration mess. That I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And we can talk more about it, I'm sure, in the offseason. We haven't done much in the way of NBA, but we've touched on it a little bit in the last two podcasts, or last two out of the three podcasts. But you hit the nail on the head. And Jimmy Butler, he went on J.J. Reddick's podcast about six months ago. I think he's on, is he on Bill Simmons' network? And I'm forgetting the name. Oh, The Ringer, right? Yeah. So he went on J.J. Reddick's podcast, and he said... Oh, I heard the name of J.J. Reddick's podcast, too. Isn't it The Old Man in the Three? something like that it's part of the ringer network that's pretty good (laughs) pretty good no it's a good podcast bright guy if that's not it i'm taking it yeah (laughs) search for it right now and if not (laughs) then we'll claim that one yeah if that's not it i'm taking it (laughs) but jimmy butler said he never knew who was in charge like the whole time that he was there he just never knew who was in charge one of the first meetings that he went into when they acquired tobias it was like brett brown he sat down tobias butler jj and Bede and Simmons, like the core five on that team. And they sat down to watch film. And it was like a lot of silence. And Butler like didn't want to take total charge because he had a bad rap. Like everybody was like, oh, he he calls the shots. He tries to call the shots. He's a prima donna. He said he never knew who was in charge. And they ultimately left. JJ left and Butler left. And now who knows who else is going to leave. But that I think is it. They're just sitting around being like, should we do this? Yeah, it could be a good idea. Horford's available. And sign them to like you know money that you shouldn't spend on them. I mean, I know that the salary cap is huge in the NBA. I'm just taking a look at like Embiid's contract and Simmons, and they're eventually making like the thirty million dollar range, thirty eight million dollars for Simmons. But I mean, you can only spend so much money. You got to put some other role players around that can shoot the ball a little bit, right? <laughs> no, and there's always like some kind of like mousetrap style maneuvering that you can do with like NBA contracts for teams that you know need to add money to their cap or who are trying to dump one of their own like crappy contracts or oh, yeah. who knows you know now, now they get that um thunder pick like mean, they maybe they throw that in there to try to get rid of uh, uh horford's deal and just bring back some shooting that they desperately need that should be priority one if they can do something this off season is try to get rid of horford's deal and i don't know how you do it last question we'll end on this do you think ben simmons august 26th one year from today 2021 is he on the roster or not yes 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 I would lean yes. I would say 60-40 yes. Maybe uh, yeah, even 66.6 repeating. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't even yes. lean. I, I, would, I would do the 66.6 repeating. Yeah, 66.6 repeating for the fucking Sixers. All right. Just because if, if he's not on the roster next at this point next year, I think something awful happened again. <laughs> And I can't take it. Like another embarrassing that, first round or another season where they win like two games on the road. <laughs> <laughs> win two games on the road, oh, somehow go God. lights out at home. Because you know why they did that. It's because when they go on the road and they just let loose, like Brett Brown was like, all right, you should have a 10 o'clock curfew, yada, 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 and don't hang out with Instagram models, everything like that. And they're like, yeah, okay, fuck you. 
and then yeah. they would just go out and do what they wanted. Yeah. And get, All right, oh, Brett's wow. in bed. Brett's in bed. Let's get the boober. All right, time to go out. Get the boober. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Brett's in bed. <laughs> call, call the taxis. Let's go. Yeah, and that's what would happen. And then they get blown <laughs> out on the road. So. All right. Good stuff. I appreciate it, Schmidt. I'm sure we'll do another hockey podcast. We have all kinds of sports coming up here and you've got our hockey bets. You're working your way into the wager rager grouping here. So good stuff all around. We'll see what happens with these shot block bets. Like when the teams are evenly matched, it is tougher to find, you know, someone who you can kind of guarantee is going to be trailing or at least getting the pressure put on them most of the game. Um, I feel like if you want to bet, this might not make it out in time, but Colorado down 2-0. I think they're going to come out in the first period and just be putting 25 oh, shots on that. Blistering, blistering. So I'll tell you what, it will be too late by the time that we post it, but we'll post out a bet on our Twitter account. So there you go. At wager underscore rager. Do you have any uh, Twitters or any handles that you want to plug for yourself? No, I haven't. Social media seems like it's uh, something I'd rather look at through binoculars right now. <laughs> yeah, it's tough it, to do. Maybe after the election, I'll come back. But yeah, yeah, do it after. Uh, yeah, do it after we have a result from Trump Biden, which is a whole other story for another day. But all right, well, if you're not going to follow Dan, or I, okay, so I'll edit that out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if you're not going to follow Schmidt, you can follow at Wager underscore Rager, and you can see his picks. You see his hockey picks. Basically, any hockey pick is you. It's not going to be me. So. Slam that follow button and we, we'll do, we will do series picks like later on in the rounds um for sure for sure early on in the nhl is is i feel like it's the opposite of the nba like early on in the nhl you can bet on a lot of underdogs that have good value and expect to win a lot of them whereas like first round of the nba you're just pounding favorites but as it goes on i feel like maybe underdogs become a little more valuable in the nba yep, a little bit yeah hockey. yeah yeah I think so. I think you hit the nail on the head again there. Like these these favored teams, like say that we have a matchup next round and I'm going back to what we talked about 20 minutes ago, but it's Tampa and the Islanders, bet Tampa. Like bet the talent, bet the talent. So we'll close with that. Trust the talent, don't trust the process. Yeah, don't trust the process, <laughs> trust the talent. Schmidt, it's been real. I appreciate it, man. All right, sir. It's good talking to you.